welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, a little bit tired just because work's still ramping up. I mean, we're not slowing down and we're not going to slow down anytime soon, but you know, it keeps the roof over my head and the internet's flowing and that's all a good thing. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, it's been a, kind of another crazy Wednesday here on Entertainment Talk, another crazy week, and we're just in that period of the year where everything's happening at once, so yeah, things have been alright. Um, I would ask you what you've been playing, but I know it's the Outer Worlds, so um, instead of me saying what have you been playing, what do you think of the Outer Worlds uh, so far? I do like it. Um, I mean, before the Outer Worlds launch, I did manage to power through uh, Spider-Man on the PS4. I did finish the main story mission. Mm-hmm. I haven't come anywhere close to finishing all the slide collectibles. I haven't started the uh, the DLC yet. Um, unfortunately, the ending, which I won't spoil, was accidentally spoiled for me, but it still oh. had like a really emotional hit. Um, and if okay. you have played and finished uh, Spider-Man, you know exactly what that hit is, and it's rough. Uh, if you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just say um, it does you know, hint to it fairly, not early in the game, but about at the good two-thirds part. You kind of get a sense of where the story is going. But still, man, great story for that game. Can't talk about it enough. I mean, it's absolutely... Even though I'm mostly a Microsoft gamer, you know, Xbox on my PC, that is an absolute must-play if you have a PS4. And if you haven't played it yet, I mean, what are you waiting for? It's just such that good of a game. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, two. I think we got two reviews on the website. Um, one was me doing a, I think, a spoiler-free review, like a few hours after the game, and then me and David did a like full uh, review, so you can look. For, I might might put those in the show notes now that I've mentioned them. Uh, so have a look out for those. Yep. Now, as for Outer Worlds, um, it's a lot of what I expected. It's a very good game. Uh, it's very very obvious that Obsidian made it. Uh, a lot of the visual cues, a lot of the art styles. Uh, the character interactions with the verbal and things like that is very, very obviously Obsidian. Uh, you can definitely tell that Obsidian had a great interest in Firefly, the TV show. I know you did a, a season review on that. As so, I think someone did a, a Patreon word for that, if I'm remembering right. No, we haven't uh, done but any I do know you have for, uh, the show. For, um, did you say Firefly? Yeah, Firefly, the Josh Whedon show. No, we haven't done anything on that yet. So, I you have you have seen it though, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw that and uh, Serenity. I think is the what the film's called. Yeah, um, yeah, the very, movie very for that. Yeah, if you're if you've seen that, you'll get a lot of the pickups on that. I mean, it's not a literal one for one, uh, but it is very obviously influenced by that. Outside of that, I mean, it's a it's a it's a good game. I'm not gonna, you know, some people are just losing their minds on it. I'm not really one of those people. Uh, I mean, functionally, it works really well. Uh, there's a lot of funny to it. Like you can pick up phobias. Uh, there's one phobia you can pick up called robophobia, and if you get like get, get attacked with robots a lot, you can actually pick up a fear of robots. And so then, in future, if you ever have to talk to a robot, you can just scream and run away, which is just completely hilarious to me. And that's the same with all the phobias, is they all have, like, a positive and negative effect in all the effects. Uh, they do affect combat, but they're also completely hilarious. And there is an achievement or a trophy, depending on which cl- uh, platform you're on, uh, to pick up multiple phobias with the same character. 
Uh, right now, I'm just going through a, a normal straight run-through guide. Um, but when I go through my second run-through, I'm definitely going to pick up a bunch of those, you know, really shift my character one way or the other in terms of your stats, and just really have fun with the insanity of the game. And it is quite mad. Cool. Excellent. Um, and it's really kind of funny how, you know, Fallout has all this stuff happening to it at the moment. Obviously, we'll get into some actual updates for that in a bit, but how that happens like a few days before this game comes out and then it's just this like so much better RPG and it's you know from from uh, Obsidian who made was it Fallout New Vegas that they made with uh, Bethesda? Yeah they made Fallout New Vegas and there is a lot of similarities to that. Cool so yeah everyone's kind of saying you know how Fallout 76 has fallen apart well again uh, and then Our Worlds just comes out like a few days after, which is uh, very, very interesting. So, yeah, some funny timing on that, which is interesting. Um, and, yeah, as David kind of said, if you if you want to get mm-hmm. your... Um, uh, we, we we had kind of a joke sort of thing on, on the Walking Dead podcast where uh, we were, I was going through the housekeeping section and talking about last week's Fallout First disaster stuff. Um, and then David said, yeah, if you, if you want to get your child child a uh well not your child if you want to get yeah your son or whatever um an rpg game then obviously go for the out- outer world worlds so i almost said the outer wilds several times there um but obviously it's the outer worlds so uh yeah interesting stuff with that uh it seems to be getting a lot of uh praise at the moment which you know i myself haven't played it yet uh of course i'll talk about it in a minute what i've been playing but yeah it's just good to see a good game getting the praise it deserves so another triple uh, a um, single-player focused game uh, with no microtransactions, I think. Not that I've seen, no. Okay, cool. There's so, not even really an option for it anywhere. Hmm, good. Uh, so yeah, we've got that obviously going for it as well. So so yeah, obviously on Friday we had three game releases, Outer Worlds, uh, Medieval, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I can't stop playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Just the Just that whole thing of... I mean, I enjoy the game just in a general sense. And it's nice to have a Call of Duty that I care about that I'm playing competitively again because I haven't done that since Modern Warfare 3. Although Modern Warfare 3 I played for about two weeks and then stopped because I I didn't like it. But in terms of like long-term Call of Duty uh, competitive play, it would be probably Modern Warfare, which was the first. Uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, which I think won Game of the Year twice. If I recall correctly, uh, from like 2007, so it's it's been a very long time since I've played these games properly. Like I've I dipped my toe in Black Ops one, two, and three, and the only two that I never touched was uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, which was this current gen's launch Call of Duty, and the Call of Duty World War Two game, uh, not World at War, the World War Two one, that the one that they did afterwards. Uh, those are the only two games I out of that franchise that I've never like played at all uh but yeah just this idea of them going away from this future techie kind of stuff with advanced warfare and infinite warfare and uh, black ops 4 had quite a bit of that and going towards you know back to just modern warfare and just simple normal guns and claymores and frag grenades and your your modern day weapons essentially given you know modern warfare and i'm enjoying um playing the free-for-all quite a bit it's just the whole like you know every man for himself and you've got to protect yourself and just this really fun idea where I, I'm, I'm a player that uses claymores quite a bit and i've gotten quite a few kills from claymores um 
if you don't know, they're basically these uh, mines, which they do only go off from one direction, so you have to make sure you set it up near the door properly. Uh, it's very easy to use, but it's not like a landmine where you can step on it from any direction. Um, I, I use those quite a bit, and basically what I do is, uh, there's a lot of complaining in, among the community and among reviews about people camping due to how the maps are laid out. But my thing with camping is, okay, if you're if you're camping and someone can't get to you, or someone can't kill you because they're getting the advantage over you, it's up to that person to try and kill that quote-unquote camper. What I do is something I would say is slightly different. I go into, you know, a normal building up at the claymores at the, the different entrances. If there's only one door to that particular building, I'll put a claymore sort of near me. So sometimes what happens is, because uh, some people have like, so yeah, what I essentially try to do is, um, uh, basically I've, I put claymores near the different doors and stuff, and if there's one door to the particular building that I'm in, I put one claymore near the door, and then one that, that's actually near me, and that's actually worked quite a few times, because what's ended up happening is, even after you've been killed or whatever, you can see a view near you for like a, a few seconds or whatever, and then it comes up with the kill cam. If someone goes you know opens the door or whatever goes in the building and if they've got the stronger armor on because you can get obviously different perks and whatnot and there's one particularly for armor uh your claymore will go off and then on the hit marker you'll get a, a little shield sign to tell you obviously that the enemy that you've just damaged uh, has got a stronger shield on i'll then know that that player coming into the building has destroyed the claymore that claymore won't protect me and then he's on his way to you know kill me or whatever. Um, even if they do manage to you know outgun me or shoot me, sometimes I'll put a claymore near me. I probably shouldn't be saying this actually because I'm kind of giving away my tactics. Um, I put a claymore kind of near me, usually in different positions, like in the room. And sometimes when they've shot me and want to go to the like, window that I've been at to like maybe look out or something, they'll walk into the claymore that I've put down and I'll get the kill, which is uh, kind of fun. But see, even though I've I've just said about my tactics with putting claymores down, I put claymores in all sorts of random positions, and it it does end up getting people, which is is quite fun. Because sometimes when I when I spawn in the in the match, whether it's from the start or from being killed, I'll put a claymore just on a random corner of a building or something, and then go to run to you know get into a building or whatever and shoot or shoot someone, and then someone because they're not expecting probably a claymore to be around that corner. It will get them, <laughs> and it's quite fun. Uh, and obviously, the game tells you when you've you've uh, someone's uh, gotten killed by a claymore. So, um, yeah, obviously, in terms of that, I don't rely on claymores. Obviously, but they're very very helpful. And just in terms of, because um, I think it's called your your lethal grenade, which is you know throwing knives, semtex, uh, claymores, and frag grenades. I was never really good at where to throw frag grenades, so I just took them out and put claymores in, and I'm getting claymore kills. So. Uh, there's some really good maps that I like. There's actually one. Are you familiar with uh, Piccadilly? In, I in haven't. Pl I mean, I'm familiar with Piccadilly Square. It's right, just yeah. like a general location. Yeah. But in yeah. terms of the Call of Duty games, I don't know that I've ever played a single Call of Duty game. Okay. Um. But yeah. There's this map in London that it says it's set in Piccadilly, and uh, obviously it's a bit you know war torn, blown up cars and all that sort of stuff. And there's several buildings in that that are, are kind of fun to use. Uh, there's one particular building where I think I've got quite a good strategy. I've been caught out one or two times, but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I do every now and then break away from free for all and play, you know, headquarters, ground war, and uh, what's the other one? Um, 
Headquarters, Ground War, Free For All. Those are the three that I mainly play. Uh, ground War is when it's basically 2v2. Two, two and you either start with weapons or start without weapons. And you obviously go after run and pick them up or whatever. But yeah, I have a lot more things I kind of want to say about the game. But I sort of want to save them for a uh, multiplayer review. Um, but yeah, it's been fun so far. I'm rank 32 I think uh, and my kill to death ratio is, is pretty good at the moment so um, and I tell you the other funny thing is and it, this would annoy some people more but I'm taking it as more of like a comedy thing or just a funny thing uh, obviously sometimes when you go into a multiplayer lobby there's you know you're playing against real players and uh, some of them speak like foreign languages and whatnot and um like if you if you've killed someone and you can tell immediately like okay if you've if you've someone's walked into your claim or if you've shot someone and then they just starts i assume swearing in like a foreign language that i don't recognize and that's just quite funny i mean it's funny overall when you've you, you know you've outsmarted someone and and you've got them but uh hearing it in a foreign language and one not knowing what language that is and two not knowing if they're swearing or what they're saying is, is quite funny and uh the game that i played um the match story that I played just before the Man United game tonight. Um, it was on the Piccadilly map. And uh, there was this, this this English guy. I think he had a bit of an accent or whatever. And uh, it got to the end of the game. And he did win. So I don't know why he was complaining. I think I was second. And um, he, he's sort of like, all of you lot, you're all been camping apart from. And then you can tell he's looking through the list. He didn't say my name. And then he pointed out someone else. <laughs> and he's just kind of going on about how fed up he is with the game and it, it, it's just quite funny it's, it's all just it's good fun so um yeah it's pretty good a any thoughts on anything i've said i mean like i said before i'm not much into the shooter genre so i don't really have mm -hmm. a uh, background in that i mean obviously tactics vary but i guarantee you whatever tactics you employ 50 other people have figured out um mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that naturally evolves it's something I figured out uh, when I was playing Overwatch. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just playing in like the general open categories, and then I figure something out. And my friend Don, that I've mentioned a few times on the podcast too, is a mm -hmm. semi-professional um, Overwatch player. I said, "Yeah, I figured out this, this, and this." And he's like, "Yep, that's that's what people tend to figure out the first. <laughs> and so I, you know, was seriously less impressed with myself than I was before that, but. You know, it's good to know that if you figure something out, it's not a big deal to say to somebody else because 20 other people have probably figured it out by now, so. Right. I mean, it's funny because some people have, like, said to me in the matches, like, hey, Matty or whatever, you, you're campaign and all that sort of stuff. Hey, you've got to work out how to get me. There's a, there's a particular way that you can get a camper. It's quite obvious to me because it's how I've killed certain other campers, but some people don't work those things out, but you've just got to work out how to outsmart the other person. doesn't matter if they're crouching in the corner of a room. There's a way that you can kill that person. So I'm not going to say what that tactic is. Because then that really would kind of screw me over. But um, I don't really count myself as a camper necessarily. Because I don't, I don't just sit in the corner for like 10 minutes straight. I look out the window. I sometimes exit the building and have a little look around. Um, so there's that. But, well, it's yeah. their job to kill you. So if they can't yeah. find you, that's on them, not you. Yeah. So uh, they have plenty of weapons to choose from to, to get me with. So... Uh, yeah, you've got to figure it out. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, I can't remember. But yeah, it's been fun so far. And what one thing I've done with one of the kill streaks, uh, obviously kill streak is when you're on a particular, you know, kill streak and uh, you get rewarded with planes or whatever is up to you to choose from. Uh, there's one called a care package, which I recognize from 
the uh, Modern Warfare days. Essentially, you get given a smoke bomb and you have to throw it into preferably an open area because what it does is, is it, it signals this uh, helicopter to come and drop a uh, like a box, and then in that box you'll get an actual kill streak, and then that will give you that. I've kind of been using that as bait because <laughs> and other players pretty much do as well because um, what I kind of do is still sit in that building throw the grenade out the window the, obviously the smoke goes off and everyone can see that the box is being dropped over and then if no one does come to pick it up I do come go to pick it up but the thing is if I throw that out the window that the, the uh, smoke thing out the window for the box to come over if I just run out there like a headless chicken going to get the box someone will shoot me um, but sometimes players do that they come over they run over themselves uh to that box and then i notice them and get them so <laughs> there's that uh and you it's kind of funny when like in the middle of the piccadilly street uh there's this box i've put it down and everyone's trying to kind of get to it and it's just this this fun kind of thing so uh there was also a video someone posted of um i think it was so someone threw one of those uh smoke things for the for the crates come over and uh, the enemy was waiting for it. They went to look up to see if the box was coming down. And then it crushed them. So that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, enjoying that. Uh, I need to kind of stop playing it a little bit. Because I've got other games I want to kind of play as well. Plus Death Stranding is out next week. And that's a thing. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Alright, cool. Uh, I think I've said enough about Modern Warfare. I will do a um, multiplayer review at some point. I want to play a little, little bit more of it. And, uh, and then I'll do a multiplayer review for that. I haven't touched the campaign yet. So there's that. Um, Alright, let's take a break, we'll go into housekeeping, and then we'll get into some news. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, as of just a, a little bit ago, uh, Man United beat Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. I'm not sure which round that was, I think it was the round of 16. Uh, we're through to the next round, Chelsea are out, they won't be able to win that this year. Obviously they'll be able to uh, win it next year if they if they can, uh, but that won't be until next year. Um, yeah, 2-1, very, very good game. And if you're interested in watching Man United score good goals, Rashford scored a phenomenal free kick in this game. Uh, if you look at the thumbnail, I suppose if you want to call it that, 
for the episode I've put the little picture to where he's about to take that free kick so uh, if you just look up Man United or whatever you should be able to find today's highlights for the game and uh, yeah just check out that free kick it was really quite something um, so yeah Man United 2 Chelsea 1 and we're through to the next round and we've got Bournemouth away on Saturday and we'll see how that goes uh, Watchmen and Walking Dead, me and David are both covering that at the moment, or those two shows. Uh, Watchmen is uh, on HBO and Sky Atlantic, of course. Uh, season 1, Episode 2 for that, and Walking Dead is obviously on AMC and Fox. Uh, season 10, Episode 4, so you can listen to those podcasts if you're into those shows. Zombieland, Double Tap, I went to see that yesterday, uh, and you can listen to that. It's a spoiler-free and spoiler-split review, so you can check out the latest from Zombieland 10 years later with the sequel. Uh, another segment from Entertainment Talk TV episode 27 was uh, for Peaky Blinders, season 1 episodes 1 and 2, uh, spoiler free again. Uh, another United cast episode, we defeated Norwich 3-1 away, uh, we're actually starting to get some away wins, which is is, is nice as well. Uh, so yeah, 3 goals from United on Sunday, another very good game, and another good game from Rashford, which is good as well. Let's Play Sunday's episode 12 is for FIFA 20, uh, the good talk for the good place, uh, that's still continuing weekly on Thursdays for US and Fridays for the UK. So you can check out those podcasts. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate, the third, uh, the now official third in sense of continuity. Uh, Terminator film. Uh, so if you want to get into the Terminator stuff, watch the first one, the second one, and then use Dark Fate as the third film, and then just ignore the rest. Because uh, that's how the new continuity is kind of running. Uh, but Terminator Dark Fate, spoiler free and spoiler split review. Uh, American Horror Story still continuing on FX and Fox. Uh, and episode 100 was last week. And this week is going to be a Halloween themed episode, presumably, because it's Halloween uh, tomorrow. So that will be interesting as well. Uh, and yeah, that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. What do you want to talk about today? All right. Well, if you've been hesitant to get an Xbox uh, console because of Scarlet launching next year, uh, Microsoft has announced that it is expanding and upgrading their all-access program that they launched a couple of years ago, which lets you spread the cost of a console out over a series of monthly payments. Uh, So right now, if you get a uh, Xbox One X, uh, in the UK, it'll be £25 a month, which will get you the console. Two years of Game Pass Ultimate, um, which gives you a limited time, a 12-month uh, console upgrade option to the Scarlet. Um, or you could go with the 1S, which is only going to be £20 a month, uh, which gives you an 18-month console upgrade option to the Scarlet. Or for £18 a month, you can go for the uh, 1S All Digital, which gives you, uh, as well as the S and the X, a 24-month uh, Game Pass Ultimate subscription, uh, which gives you an uh, 18-month console upgrade to the Scarlet for £15 a month upgrade fee, all of which are contingent on your good standing with uh, Klarna, which I believe is a uh, their financier in the Swedish bank, Klarna. Um, I, and this I don't is, know, but... 
that's what the article says. It says right. uh, you'll have to be, quote, in good standing with Swedish bank Klarna, the financier partner Microsoft has gone with the UK to get the project Scarlet on credit. Um, obviously, that is for the UK. For the US, uh, they are doing a similar thing, although the pricing is not announced in US dollars. Uh, but it will be available for the U.S., and they haven't announced which bank it's with, if it has to be through a specific bank. Uh, but it is good if you want to get either a new console but not be limited to that console when Scarlet comes out next year, or if you just want to buy a console and not have, you know, to put the whole thing up front if you want to do, like, a monthly plan. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all three tiers... Uh, the S, the S Digital, and the X get you two years of Ultimate Game Pass. That in and of itself is about, you know, it's about a hundred pounds U, uh, UK, like 120 US. So that really brings the total cost of the uh, console down because you are getting the console. It's not like you're, you know, renting to own where you pay 20 24 payments and then you get it. You know, you get it right away and you just got to keep up with your monthly payments. You get online. Uh, you get the gold, you get the gold ultimate, so you get access to all the games that are part of Xbox Live Game with Gold and the uh, Game Pass, so you don't have to worry about any of that. So that is a huge value, and it's really cool that they're expanding that. And as soon as they give the uh, dollar amounts for the U.S., so we'll bring that to you. Um, so what are your thoughts? Are you thinking about going to the ultimate, or are you going to stick with the console you have? Uh, we actually have a feedback question which is quite similar to this. I want to kind of <clears throat> tie that in here and, and give like an ultimate answer. Uh, Peter says, so with the news about PS5 and Scarlet, Xbox Scarlet uh, launching next fall, uh, what are your plans for buying them? I, he says he'll try and at least get a PS5 day one. So my plan currently is, I mean I'm saving up just in general because it's you know, good to save money for uh, just whatever. Um... And plus for Walker Stalker uh, FanFest next year, if it actually ends up happening. Um, so I'm saving up in general, and I have, of course, what, 12 months, give or take, to in, until these new consoles come out. I assume probably November, middle of November at some point these consoles roughly, come Roughly, yeah. So, so about 13 months or, or so, uh, roughly. What I'm planning to do is... Um, it, it depends what they do with... Uh, Xbox Scarlet exclusives because I have a weird feeling that some of them will be playable on the One X in some sort of weird way. Plus, don't forget like certain games like Ori and Cuphead are, like going to the Switch. So it, Xbox isn't Xbox Scarlet probably isn't going to be the only place you can play Xbox exclusive. Plus, of PC and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my plan is hopefully. I mean, it depends how much the the PlayStation Five actually is. Uh, and obviously we'll find out soon. Uh, my plan is to potentially get a PS5 day one. Again, depending on the, the exact price. It could be, what, £400 roughly, something? Uh, and again, I'm saving up now, so I still have another whole year to do that. Uh, and then what I might do is, depending on what state my Xbox One is, because in case some of you don't know, I've still got my... Um, not day one, it's not like the day one edition. My My first... Xbox One is still running pretty well. Sure, it like has problems now and again, but what piece of technology doesn't? Um, it's still running pretty well. It runs well for what I want it to do, which is basically to play the odd exclusive, so like Gears 5, and then mainly play FIFA, and then use the, uh, I guess you could call it the TV app, where you, where you plug in like a cable box or something into the back, because I have my Freeview box 
uh, plugged into the back of the Xbox and I've used it like that ever since I've had uh, an Xbox One. If that Xbox One gives out or starts to slow up, which it isn't currently doing, again this is a year from now, if it starts to do that, and I'm of course planning to play FIFA in the future, um, what I might do is at that point hopefully something like an X, even an Xbox One S might be good. Um, either the S or the X, if I get one of those and then get a PS5, uh, because obviously the Xbox One X and S will assumably, will assumably be cheaper at that point, and then hopefully I can kind of go with that, and then whatever Nintendo has planned, they have planned. I mean, I've still got my Switch, so, uh, that's roughly the plan that I have. It's just gonna, de- there's, there's just the two things that are gonna depend on it, which is how much is the PS5 gonna be, and where will the Xbox Scarlet game, so presumably uh, like Halo Infinite and probably Gears 6 eventually, where will those games be playable uh, at the moment? Because things, Ori and the, is it the Will of the Wisps, the sequel, is supposed to be, I think, still an Xbox One game. So I'm gonna, mm-hmm. just going to play that on my Xbox One. Um, we don't know what their new studios are specifically doing yet. I know we know about Ninja Theory's next multiplayer game and stuff, but I'm talking about their next single player focus games or whatever they're going to do uh we don't know too much about those yet so those are just the two questions but that's roughly my plan uh what about you uh i'm with you in that i don't really have a plan i don't see myself getting a ps5 day one just because i don't outside of like the the console exclusives they don't really play the playstation a whole lot right and that's not a knock on the playstation itself it's obviously a fine console it's just that as i've said repeatedly on the podcast it's just the controller. Now, granted, we haven't seen what the PS5 controller is. It might be completely different. Mm-hmm. But for now, in terms of mechanics, in terms of like the physical feel, I much more prefer the Xbox controller to the PlayStation controller. And that's strictly a personal choice. Right, um, just, as just for, a preference thing. Or so. as for the Scarlet, whatever they do wind up calling it, I also don't see myself getting that day one. I do have an S, and it works just fine. I don't have any real lag or issues or slowdowns mm-hmm. with it. But if there's a decent trade-in option or the price of the X goes down significantly enough to where when I trade in the S, it doesn't cost me a whole lot, you know, then I might upgrade to the X. Um, I really don't see myself doing the the monthly payment because at least here in the U.S., you got to do that through a uh, Microsoft store, uh, which is not one near me. So, okay. Um, but yeah, that's roughly my plan. PS5, hopefully day one, because a lot of their franchises I'm quite invested in. You know, Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon 2 or Zero Dawn 2, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, the next Uncharted, probably. Um, and uh, all the other things they've got, of course. Uh, so I'm going to be wanting to wanting to play some of those day one. Um, so we'll see. How that, it, it just, again, it just depends on more of the Xbox side of things, how their games are going to come out. Because if they say... Hey, Halo Infinite is going to be maybe slightly re- lower resolution or whatever on the One X, but it's going to come out on the One X. I'll probably get a One X at that point, and then, um, or even if it plays on the Xbox One at even like a lower resolution or whatever, uh, I'll probably just do that uh, instead of paying out for a Scarlet. So, uh, but it just depends on the Xbox side of things. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, like uh, Studio Ghibli founder. Heyo uh, Miyazaki and founding mother of shoujo manga Moto Higayo before him. A legendary video game producer Shigeru Miyamoto has received one of Japan's highest honors for a creator. 
the, quote, Person of Cultural Merit Award has been given to those who have made great cultural contributions to the country and is officially handed out by the Japanese government. Only 54 people, including Miyamoto, have ever been handed the award, and the ceremony recognizing Miyamoto's achievements will be held in November 5th in a Tokyo hotel. Uh, Miyamoto said at an announcement that he wants to continue to bring smiles to all the people's faces around the world and has no plans to retire from Nintendo and or video game new anytime soon. Uh, Miyamoto is widely recognized as a creative force behind Mario and Legend of Zelda, which are some of my top two franchises of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also the creator of many other Nintendo properties, such as Donkey Kong, F-Zero, and Star Fox. Uh, the last uh, production credit that he had was for Breath of the Wild, which I know you played a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. And during the, this year's uh, E3, Nintendo confirmed that Breath of the Wild will be getting a sequel, um, which I think has not been named yet. Um, but the game producer, Ichi Aionama, which I know I'm butchering that and I do apologize, uh, he will return for the sequel. Um, but that is one of those honors that you get that's just like, you know, it's just kind of like the, the pinnacle of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like like if you're in the military getting the highest military award that is offered or if you're, you know, getting a Pulitzer or a Nobel Prize, if you're in that kind of a field, it's definitely up there and it's definitely um, something that's important. Cool. Um, I don't know if you'd heard that or not or if it was just me that was just like, yeah, so deserves yeah, I mean, um, in terms of basically all this news, I didn't really know uh, much about it. But, I mean, if you've been involved with Zelda and Mario, two very successful franchises. I know some people didn't like Breath of the Wild, but whatever. It won Game of the Year, and it's very, very good. Um, if you're involved with one of them two games, or both of them, as it seems, uh, then you probably do deserve some type of reward. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, and I'm looking forward to, obviously, Breath of the Wild 2 whenever that comes out. My guess would be three to four years from now roughly I, I don't know it depends how much they've already done of it but yeah if you're involved with one of them too you probably deserve something and uh i mean they're the two staples really of nintendo at this point i know a lot of people like donkey kong a lot of people like uh obviously smash brothers is, is a big one but um that's really kind of the legacy of nintendo uh mario and zelda so i mean as as much as i've bashed on mario before just because he's not one of my favorite platformers in in a fun kind of way i still recognize him obviously as one of the biggest characters in not just in gaming probably in just pop culture itself um he's, he's very recognizable so yeah well deserved uh and i look forward to seeing what you do with breath of the wild too yeah so. i mean as a as an 80s kid uh, Mario and Nintendo were just a huge part of my life because I don't know the gaming scene in the UK back in the early early 80s, but over here in the US, um, Atari was kind of the game. I mean, there's in television for a bit, but really it was just kind of Atari. And then just the market just completely I mean, it just killed the industry and it didn't really come back until the nintendo entertainment system in 1985 and mario was a launch game for that system and came with the system which is pretty much unheard of today to have a uh, launch game come with that'd be like for the, when the scarlet comes out if you buy the scarlet you just get you know halo infinite with no extra cost as just mm-hmm. part of a default package I wish they might do. You never know. They might bring that back. But, you know, at the time, it was fairly standard. 
for yeah. consoles to come with a game or two. And so Mario has just been a part of my life, you know, for 35 years. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'd be more surprised if Microsoft didn't do a Halo Infinite bundle, like a full, uh, you know, console skin thing or whatever, and like a controller and stuff like that, because that's going to be obviously probably their biggest flagship launch title. So um, they'll yeah. probably do something. Yeah, I mean, so. as a bundle, yeah, but they've done tons of bundles. I mean, they did the mm-hmm. the Gears 5 bundle. They did a Fallout 76 bundle. They did any kind of bundles, you name, that they've done it at some point. So, But, I mean, just like a base game that comes with it, regardless of whatever bundle it's a part of, that probably won't happen again. So, Yeah. Cool. What else do you want to talk about? Well, in an announcement that kind of caught me as a shocker, EA announced that it is coming back to steam uh being i didn't know that it left to begin with um and this is from ben uh, walkie sweater crowd uh, some big news for you ea fans ea games is coming back to steam and it starts with uh, jedi fallen order uh, more games along the way with ea access uh, which they did announce that plans ha- are coming uh the ea access uh, subscription program is coming to steam uh in the spring of 2020 making it the final platform for it to come down. It came on um, Xbox One, obviously, originally, and then eventually migrated to PS4. And this is after um, Origin, which is who owns or is a part of the EA uh, Corporation, mm-hmm. was available on PC, but now you can get it through Steam. Um, and Steam is going to have EA's more popular titles, um, Sims 4, Apex Legend, FIFA 20, Battlefield 5 show up sooner or later. But again, I got to go back to my original point. I honestly didn't even know it was not available on Steam. Yeah, me neither. Um, that surprises me as well. Obviously, you've got the whole uh, Epic Games trying to take over the world or whatever at this point with uh, all their exclusivity stuff. But I mean, as a person that doesn't see this, the Steam, is it Steam Library? It's called usually. Uh, yeah, Steam usually. storefront or whatever it's called. As someone who doesn't actually see that like at all, um, I wouldn't know what's on there roughly. I assume most main uh, AAA games, which you know, as you know, some people don't like EA or whatever, but um, the the sports franchises are a part of the core uh, AAA video game system right now. I mean, FIFA 20 is obviously a big seller and everything, and the, all the sports franchises and stuff. And obviously, they they have Star Wars games and everything else but yeah i'm surprised as you as to, as to this wasn't already on there um it's interesting you mention um because obviously this is on it, the ea access is on xbox uh pc and ps4 recently as well uh it's kind of disappointing that ea have said before that they have no interest in in putting their games properly on uh switch uh i mean in terms of updates for that uh, the FIFA 20 edition that came out on Switch, which is ironically called FIFA 20 Ultimate Edition, is actually FIFA 19, but with updated teams and rosters. And I know some people say every year that you know the games don't change that much. They do put new features in every now and then, and it, I think FIFA's more on a change cycle of two years, like in terms of proper change. Because if if you look at FIFA 20 and FIFA 18, those are two fairly different sports games obviously with again different teams and all that sort of stuff um but yeah it's kind of shameful that they have put fifa 19 um on the like they put fifa the fifa 19 game on the fifa 20 release 
and then release that as FIFA 20, which is just kind of shameful. Uh, so in terms of their treatment of Switch games, it's, it's pretty bad right now. But if you're a person that has um, a PC or whatever, you're a PC gamer, uh, the PC master race as you all kind of call yourselves, uh, then that EA is going to be an option for you. So uh, And Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is uh, a lot of people's anticipated games. So it's a little bit annoying to me that I'm in the middle of like... Uh, you know, FIFA and Call of Duty, and I'm trying to play Concrete Genie, and Death Stranding is out next week, and then on the 15th, Star Wars is out as well, the, the Fallen Order, and uh, Luigi's Mansion comes out tomorrow, and um, there's a bunch of other games as well. So we're in, we're in quite of a, a heavy game release schedule, obviously, at the moment, but yeah, I'm looking forward to all those games. So Yeah, and it's one of those things that, when you think about it, Origins was kind of like EA's uh, answer to Steam, to get all the yeah. games that they have uh, rights to on their own platform. Uh, Bethesda is doing that with their games. Um, you can still kind of get them on Steam, but you you have to go through the Bethesda downloader. So that that kind of reminds me that, that, yeah, that was a thing, but I just completely forgot about it because I don't play the sports games, any mm-hmm. of them. Um, so I didn't really have a need for EA Origins. And then, then, like, I have played Apex Legends, and it was okay. It's just the Battle Royales are not really my thing. So, And I did that on Xbox anyway, which doesn't really involve the Origins. So I, it just kind of slipped out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so either they didn't really have the market they thought they would have, or they're just trying to get back to uh, parity with the Epic. But, you know, hey, if you're a Steam person, then uh, they're back on Steam. Which we already thought they were, but <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, in, even in terms of Epic Games and Steam, I don't really know fully what's on there. So, there you go. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, Sony has announced that it is shutting down PlayStation View, the US-only mm. TV streaming service uh, subscription, early next year. Uh, Sony Interactive, Interactive Entertainment uh, launched the View back in 2015, offering subscribers access to live and on-demand TV and video, uh, both from local sources and cable for providers through their PlayStation consoles. In a news statement uh, posted uh, yesterday, uh, Sony confirmed that it will be shutting down the service on January 30th, 2020, uh, Sony explained the decision, saying, unfortunately, the highly competitive paid TV industry with expensive contact and network details has been slower to change than we expected. Because of this, we decided to remain focused on our core gaming business, which is to make sense. I mean, uh, Disney Plus is launching in a couple of weeks. The DC certain thing. Netflix just keeps growing no matter what happens. Uh, Hulu is getting folded into Disney Plus. Uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video will always be part of Amazon, and pretty much nobody's got the cash to buy Amazon at this point. Uh, So it's just one of those things that, kind of like with Microsoft trying to be part of the cell phone market, you just realize you're you're ice skating uphill and just time to tap out. Yeah. Did you ever do the uh, PlayStation View? I mean, I know it says US only, but... Um, in terms of PlayStation View, um, it makes 100% sense to me in terms of, you know, the streaming wars are starting, uh, HBO Max came out yesterday with all their information and whatnot, Disney Plus is on the way, Apple TV Plus comes out on Friday, uh, you've already got Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, and obviously all the network TV stuff, so in terms of them saying like, hey, you know, we've got, there's all these streaming services on the way, and, uh, we want to focus on gaming, which is 
by far been obviously their their biggest success and everything with the, with the PlayStation. Uh, and I say just PlayStation because one through four. Um, so it makes sense that like, hey, you know, all, all these guys are coming out with their streaming service, and although we do provide that in in some way, uh, our core success has been from gaming. So to basically take the budget that they use for PlayStation View, however much that would be. And just put that into gaming makes complete sense to me. Um, it, it's funny because the first couple of times people were saying about, oh, like I use PlayStation View and it's really good. And uh, I didn't know it was a US only thing. So I started actually looking for it. And I was searching around in like the TV apps on the PlayStation, not knowing that obviously it was a US only thing. Realized that eventually, obviously. And then uh, it's, it's funny because when this news came out like a couple of days ago, um, some people saying, oh, you know, it's a shame I use PlayStation View, and so, this this was coming from some people like uh, Alison Keane, I don't know if you know who that is, but a bunch of different, like, people that I know as TV critics, like Alan Seppenwall and uh, Alison Keane were kind of coming out and saying, like, oh, I use PlayStation View quite a bit, and uh, it's a shame they're going to get rid of it, and they'll have to find an alternative option. But, yeah, it's all part of the streaming wars, and it just happens to have affected PlayStation, which is, you know, a video game brand, basically. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes sense to me. So, uh, and again, as someone who not only doesn't use it but doesn't have, actually have access to it, it doesn't affect me at all. Obviously, because it's not even available to me. But uh, it it makes sense. So, what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I'm not much on the uh, PlayStation platform, so mm-hmm. it never really was an option to use it. Uh, plus, I have uh, Netflix, which I don't know how long much longer I'm going to keep it, but I do have it for now. Um, I always use Amazon Prime for the two-day shipping, so the video service is just kind of a perk, a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulu I have, but I'm pretty much decided that I'm going to upgrade to the Disney Plus, which is going to be part of Hulu. Um, well, or more rather, Hulu is going to be part of Disney Plus, so yeah. I'm going <laughs> to have that service as well. Uh, so I didn't really have a need for PlayStation View, which I only vaguely remember ever seeing it on the media bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it makes sense. I mean, if, if it's not really working, you know, like I said before, you know, tap out and just go somewhere else. I, it's like with uh, Microsoft and the Connect. As much as they put into the Connect, eventually they realized it's just not being used as the way they wanted it, and they just kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, I think this is actually the right time for them to get out as well. Like, maybe they literally watched the HBO Max trailer and they're like, "Okay, we're done." I'm joking, but um. Yeah, with, I mean, literally as of uh, this Friday, and then, when does Disney Plus launch? Like, the 12th or the 13th? So, literally within the next two weeks, there's going to be two new streaming services coming out. And then, uh, I think it's March 2020, when uh, HBO Max comes out. So, that's going to be coming out. So, yeah, I think this is a good time for them to, especially with, you know, PlayStation 5 on the horizon, they're going to be putting a lot of resources into that. It just makes sense that they would abandon the TV stuff. So, I mean, I don't know how much it does cost them and stuff. Um, but, yeah, they want to focus on their core gaming stuff. PlayStation 5s are on the corner. And uh, it makes sense. So, uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? <clears throat> well, you mentioned streaming wars. Yeah. In the uh, battle between uh, Twitch and Mixer, things just got a whole lot more interesting. Uh, two big names have jumped from Twitch to Mixer. Uh, Shroud and King Goliathon have both announced that they are going to be exclusively streaming on Mixer. Uh, Shroud did that through a uh, Twitter post 
uh, King Goliathon actually did that while streaming on Twitch, saying huh. as of the 29th, which was as of recording yesterday, he's going to be exclusively on Mixer. Uh, so both of those uh, people are on Mixer for now. Uh, whether or not that last pass, whatever their exclusivity contract is, uh, it's hard telling. Um, but and I for, I really wish I could remember where I saw it, but I tend to bounce between a lot of YouTube videos, you know, when, at night when I'm trying to get to sleep. And I was watching this one interview with this guy who this was just after Ninja jumped, and he was saying that he was in personal contact with several. Uh, large-name Twitch streamers, and he obviously didn't give the names because he didn't have permission, Uh, but he said that a lot of them were frustrated with various different things on Twitch and was saying a lot of them were thinking about jumping. And so obviously these are two big names. Uh, Now, neither uh, streamer I'm that familiar with. I do know of Shroud because whenever one of my social media feeds gets slammed with uh, commercials and advertisers, Mm -hmm. Shroud's uh, gear always pops up. Um, So I I am I do know who he is, but past that, like I said before, is not a war per se, but the battle just interesting. Yeah, uh, in terms of these two guys, I'd never heard of them before. To be completely honest, obviously most people have heard of uh, Ninja at this point. Whether you're into gaming or not, you've most likely heard of him, Uh, which is mostly through his Fortnite stuff, to be honest, but. Um, this just reminds me of, I, I, I want to give this kind of a, a nickname, which would be like, um, football, uh, like streaming transfers, I suppose, which is where, you know, obviously mixers come up with like money or a better contract or whatever the case may be, which is sometimes what happens in football. Uh, and then they've decided to simply move platform. I mean, there could be other reasons to, towards them moving and stuff. I don't know. Uh, anything really about these guys but just in terms of comparing them to that that's the one thing I can kind of think of because uh, some players you know, be, even if they are happy at a particular club um, and a different club offers them more money they'll tend to go there a uh, quick example is there was a player a Brazilian player called Oscar uh, used to play for Chelsea used to hear his name all the time uh, great player I quite like him a lot uh, and then I can't remember what wage he was on it was probably two to three hundred thousand a week and this Chinese team, who I don't know the name of, uh, offered him 600000 a week, uh, which is, I think, yen, is it, their uh, currency? Uh, 600000 and he moved there straight away. And um, I've not heard of him playing once. I mean, he's obviously been playing matches, but uh, the Chinese games don't really get coverage. Uh, and, then, and, and then a Man United player actually did the... Same thing, he moved, because there's basically money in China, uh, and then a few months after that, the Newcastle manager called Rafa Benitez, he left Newcastle to go to China, which is where there's obviously money, so certain people do it, certain players do it, I'm not calling these two guys greedy by any stretch, I'm just giving it and giving a comparable kind of example, where Mixer potentially offered more money, or a better situation, I suppose, uh, and they've gone to that different platform, so... Yeah. Yeah, and it the, those numbers are taken to like an exponential level over here in the US because with the TV broadcast rights, American Pro Sports regardless of which league it is, mm-hmm. just has insanely huge numbers. And I never fault a player for jumping teams uh for more money because they have a very limited window for their career. I mean, yeah. two of the oldest players for the American Football League 
um, that are still active are in their early 40s. Um, it's uh, Drew. Um, yeah, there's three players. There's uh, uh, Drew Brees. There is uh, um, uh, Tom Brady, and there's Adam Vinatieri. Two, the first two are quarterbacks, and the third is a kicker. Uh, but they're both like 42 to 44, which, like in wow. terms of like what an average you know, normal human lifespan is, is barely even middle age. Right. But in terms of American football sports, that's like your grandfather playing. <laughs> that's like your grandfather being the lead striker of Man United. I mean, it's that rare. The, the right. game, you, you get out of college slash university, you know, 19, 20, 21, and then you got 10, maybe 12 years to set yourself up for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um and these guys are still doing it, and they're still at the top of their game. I mean, Brady plays with the Patriots, and the comparison has been made with the Patriots that it's Groundhog Day. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day, but he lives the same day over and over and over again. Right. Um, I with the American playoffs. Should, so. Yeah, it's a great Bill Murray, and Andy McDowell is hilarious, and Chris Elliott is hilarious. Uh, but the reason why the Groundhog Day comparison comes into play is because they're always – you know, the top team in the playoffs for their division. Doesn't matter what year it is. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter who's doing what. They're always the top team in the division because they've been set up with uh, Bill Belichick, the coach. It's just, it, it's never changing. It literally, until Belichick retires as a coach and Brady retires as a quarterback, that team will always be the number one in the division, regardless of whatever the hell else happens. Uh, Drew Brees plays for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he's an amazing player. He's won a couple Super Bowls. Um, Adam Vinatieri is a kicker, so he does have the advantage of he's not getting plastered and having a 300-pound <laughs> man tackle him every you know 20 seconds. But it is a precision position, and you have mm-hmm. to be precision, and you have to be clutch. And he's got four Super Bowl rings, so cool. that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, but like I said before, you know they're in their – early 40s i think venetary's 42 or 43 and breeze and brady are both about the same age and it just doesn't happen so if you're gonna jump um teams you kind of got to do it so that you get paid um yeah but yeah obviously with streamers age isn't really a factor uh because you can stream pretty much until you're dead um but you know if the and they've shown the numbers both with uh uh, Ninja's move and with Shroud's move because Shroud's move was a few days ago. Yeah, um, it didn't really hurt him that much, and they're obviously you know bigger fish in a smaller pond. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if anything else happens here. And it just it just makes me think of like football transfers. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there there you go. All right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about is this came over the wire just today is they announced the November days with uh, Games with Gold, which they're really playing beat the clock with this one because we're two days out of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for November 1st, it's going to be uh, Star Wars Jedi Fighter on the Xbox, which the original Xbox. Yeah. And then Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter for the Xbox One. And then the mid-month is going to be the Final Station and Joyride Turbo for the Xbox One and the Xbox Three Sisters. 60 respectively uh none of those games i'm overly familiar with 
But when you think about uh, Disney Plus ramping up, like we talked about earlier, uh, the new Star Wars game, new Star Wars movie is coming out relatively soon. Mm-hmm. It makes sense just to, to flood the uh, marketplace with uh, kind of old uh, uh, Star Wars games that you know maybe people haven't played yet or vaguely if you remember playing back in the day, but you know they've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And so that helps build that nostalgia factor. So. Are you familiar with any of these games? Uh, I I've seen the Final Station before. It's kind of a zombie game, from what I remember. Um, not something that's really gonna scratch the the zombie itch that I have, which is one of the weirdest things I've said. Um, yeah, just that itch for you know wanting more more zombie stuff. Uh, I don't think it's really gonna do that. I think probably the next game that's gonna do that is you know Last of Us Two, um, which is out obviously next year. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, like you said, in terms of, you know, you've got The Mandalorian coming out, you've got Fallen Order coming out, and then you've got uh, Rise of Skywalker, is, is called. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Episode 9, out within or within about two months of each other. Kind of makes sense to put a Star Wars game in there, so uh, that's that. Uh, outside of that, like, I don't know much about the Sherlock Holmes game, um, but other than the Star Wars game, which is more there for nostalgia than anything else, I don't think this is a particularly great month. Um, but some sometimes you just get that where you have a couple of months where you got some really great games and then they have to I don't know maybe spend le- a little bit less money on it and then get some slightly weaker games and then come back with some strong games later. We'll just have to wait and see the next couple of months what they do. But yeah, just one of them kind of months that comes out and everyone's like, okay, what's this? Like, cool, you got the Star Wars thing in there, but other than that, I don't think there's much great stuff in here. So, how about you? Uh, I mean, it's nothing I'm really going to play, um, partly because I'm, I'm really kind of going through the Outer Worlds right now, um, and part just because, like I said, the the Jedi Fighter is you know from the original Xbox, so I remember the game. It just wasn't anything that I really needed to play. Yeah, I might check them out at some point, but I mean, I'm definitely, if nothing else, going to make sure they're added to my library so I could play them at some point if I ever want to. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so we've also got the PS Plus games for November. Uh, obviously, there's only two of them because that's the situation. Neo is one of the free games. Uh, I almost said games of gold, but it's PS Plus, obviously. One of the free games of PS Plus. And uh, the other one is Outlast 2, which isn't well cr- critically uh, received. Not at least as, as much as the uh, the first one, which a lot of people really liked. Um yeah, uh, it makes sense with Neo. They did announce, I think, uh, earlier this week that it's March 2020 when Neo 2 is coming out. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, so obviously they've probably tied that in with that sort of news. Uh, I mean, that could be one of the reasons. Uh, I did play Neo, and it's just that kind of Dark Soulsy thing where if you clear out 90% of an area or 99% of an area and the last guy gets you, you've got to get them all again. But not in a... Uh, like you know, in the typical Dark Souls Bloodborne type of way, that sort of genre, and I just wish those games were slightly less, slightly more approachable. Uh, I think Sekiro is probably one of the most approachable ones out of all that kind of genre, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you want a sword game or something, then Neo is is a great game itself, uh, and I did quite enjoy it. I just got annoyed with. Uh, you know, the, the Dark Souls-esque kind of checkpointing, which was frustrating. Outlast 2, probably not going to touch it. Um, I didn't, I heard it wasn't as good as the first one, and I didn't play the first one. 
Uh, I'm into. I do want to play one of those kinds of. Uh, I mean, Blair Witch almost scratched that kind of itch, but like I said, I really dislike the combat a lot. So I'm kind of looking for one of those horror, fa- not really found footage because you're controlling a player, but you know, camera, you're sneaking around in the dark kind of thing. I'm interested in one of those, but I think Outlast One and Two and Blair Witch aren't really going to do that. So. Because uh, at this point I don't really see the... I mean I've seen all of Outlast and Outlast Whistleblower. So I don't really want to go and play them. Because I know about them and everything. So yeah. What do you think of these selections? Uh, I mean they're definitely big titles. No doubt yeah. about that. But um, I mean neither one of them is a game that I have really that much interest in playing. So mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. So that's your PS Plus and Games with Gold. And as we discussed before we started recording. Uh, I don't recall them doing both releasing their their news on the same day before it's it's a rare occasion no but like i said before we're recording on the 30th so we've got a day and a half mm-hmm. until november so might as well get them out now yeah okay so uh we're not going to get into bethesda's press release about fallout first but we did want to bring up the fact that cause of course last week we mentioned the whole ridiculous 100 dollar a month uh, a year sorry a month that would have been even crazier uh, $100 a year or $13 a month for Fallout 1st, which is obviously the Fallout 76 uh, subscription service uh, that has been released. Obviously, the uh, free uh, Wastelanders DLC, I think it was called, the free update that they were going to do, has been pushed to next year. We discussed that last week. But an update on this is that uh, Fallout 1st, the subscription service itself, is also broken. Uh, and one of the main problems that people have been coming across is this supposed unlimited scrap box that you have doesn't exactly scrap, uh, store your scrap. In fact, I've written down that the scrap box eats your scrap. Um, and yeah, it's just another thing that Bethesda's released that is broken. Uh, I'm going to tie this in a, in a minute with the, the email that we've got about Bethesda. But just at the moment, Bethesda is broken, Fallout 76 is broken, Fallout 1st is broken... Um, and I don't know what Bethesda is really supposed to do. Um, but Robert, as someone who last week said that they had cleansed themselves of Fallout 76, what do you think of Fallout first being broken? I'm not overly surprised. And Bethesda never actually made an official statement on the damages that is Fallout first. Um, they did an interview through Polygon, which they had some choice uh, quotes for that. Okay. Um, and a lot of the quotes, if you read it, it's ve- it's talking down to the players a lot, which I'm never really a fan of. Um, and they did do a brief update to where um, the scrap initially, they thought it was just a UI error to where the scrap was actually there, but they just couldn't see it. Okay. And then after some further investigations, they discovered that, yes, it is gone. And they have no idea how to get it back. Um, if Fallout 76 had been like a perfect launch and an amazing game and had a massive uh, a fan base, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be happy with the Fallout first thing, but I could kind of see it. Right, they'd be less uh, but everything. The... Yeah, but everything say. about Fallout first is fixing a problem that they created. Like yeah. with the unlimited scrap, that is an artificial problem. Having a scrap box to that's limited based for literally no reason that is just a a lock that they put in for the sake of having a lock there's no reason to have a limited scrap when no other game in the history of fallout has limited that i mean fallout one 
kind of a little bit. I mean, they didn't involve scrap, but I mean, you can only have so many items. Mm-hmm. But that was more a limitation of the computers and computing power than anything else. But you know, you go back to modern Fallout, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. Um, it had universal storage like that. Fallout Four had universal storage like that, and not, neither of those games had any kind of limitation based on that. So there's literally no reason to it to do it other than to artificially limit it. And so you're having to pay for a problem that Bethesda created because reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got a question for you, and then I'm going to I'm going to answer the question myself as well. But I want to pose it to you first. Uh, and then we'll get into the the email that we've got. Let's say you are head of Bethesda, and exactly the same stuff has happened with Fallout seventy six and Fallout first. What do you do with this game at this point? When you know you launch, the game is broken, and then you have the bag issue, the helmet issue, and then Fallout first comes out, and it's a ridiculous price, and the game still isn't fixed, and you delayed the free update, and then you put out the subscription service, and then the subscription service is broken. There's a lot of damage there with this game and towards not just Fallout but Bethesda itself at this point which obviously they have you know Wolfenstein and Doom and other games as well. Uh, what would you do with uh, not Bethesda itself but specifically with Fallout 76? What do you think you'd do with it I suppose? Well I never would have released Fallout first to begin with just right. because I'm self-aware enough to know that it's going to be more bad than worse and there has been reports, although since I haven't played the game in a while, I can't 100% confirm this, uh, but there have been reports like the exclusive emotes and tags that you get for being a Fallout First member. Uh, the players that did pay up to do Fallout First have been getting griefed from the rest of the community from the non-Fallout First. Like if you pop in online okay. in a world and there's other people in the world and they discover that you are a first person, they actually track you down and kill you and grief you which I don't approve of, I don't like, it's no, not a not good nice. thing. So. It, it's not even remotely a nice thing, no. but it's more a reflection of the frustration yeah. of somebody like myself that I, I still call myself a Bethesda fan just because they have made so many games that I like. Sure. Even the disgust of 76 can't take me from that, but it cut my fandom down so hard. Um. And all this is going to do is going to punish the rest of the Bethesda games. Like, eventually, Doom Eternal will come out relatively soon. Right. That's going to be completely tainted and haunted by 76 and first. And then I don't even know if I'll reinstall um, 76 when the Wastelander comes out, which is something that I was really actually looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll bring that back that's really going to depend on gaming and what's available for me and what i want to do and more importantly my backlog i mean my backlog is comical and not even counting (laughs) like the games with gold and the ps plus games that i buy just so that they're part of my library so i could play them if i had to whenever um but i mean i still haven't finished uh, last of us remastered i still haven't finished uh, god of war i've barely started on either one of those games um, so, so I'm probably going to have to restart them at some point just because, you know, I've been away from them for so long, right. uh, that it's just easier to start over than to uh, deal with anything else and have to relearn the controls or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got, there's two games right there that could take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Uh, you know, I don't have to play 76. No, you don't, you don't have to. So, um, I, I think what you'd have to probably do is, um, I mean, fix what is broken. Don't, don't work on anything else new because it'll only release broken. Release this. Um, yeah, what I'd probably do is just fix what's broken or at least try to. And then once I hypothetically release this Wastelanders update, update just completely leave the game alone. Um, I mean, you either do that or you just don't touch it, don't touch it at all. But then I guess the problem that they've run themselves into is you've released a broken subscription service and the people that do still want to play the game are going to be left with that and that's not a great way to leave people that have well bought bought into your game so it, it's a difficult situation they've put themselves in the situation i don't know what else they're supposed to do so uh, yeah i mean if i had to have absolutely 100 percent back against the wall gun to my head have to do um fallout first i would wait at least until the day after wastelanders come out yeah and if you want a, a fan's real opinion on that, go to falloutfirst.com. Some, uh, Bethesda, for whatever reason, decided not to buy that URL. Mm-hmm. And a fan created just an absolute visceral just takedown of Bethesda and their policies. And it's uh, falloutfirst, you spell out the word first, F-I-R-S-T.com. Yeah. Um, a lot of profanity, a lot of salt, a lot of snark, and... As, as much hate is poured into that, you can tell that comes from a place of somebody that just had their fandom ripped out of their heart and thrown into a blender and set puree. Yep. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, it, it's... Uh, yeah, the other thing I was... What do, what do Bethesda do next year at E3? Because someone's coming out know. on a stage and it's probably Todd, Todd Howard. And what does he say? Because um, they, they had to apologize this year for last year's mistakes, and they've made mistakes this year again, which we'll have to address next year. So I don't yeah. know. Give everybody in the audience a puppy. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't like a puppy? Yeah. Um, just turn the whole thing into a puppy playpen and slash, uh, you know, animal shelter adoption slash fundraiser thing. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing they could do. I mean, if you're so jaded that you're going to hate on a company for doing a uh, animal shelter rescue drive slash donation yeah. to save puppies and kittens, even I'm not that callous. Right. I'm a mis- I'm a misanthropic, <laughs> hateful bastard. And even I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that's a good move. Right. Um, right. But past that, I mean, they don't dare announce Starfield. They don't dare announce, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls uh, Six, Elder Scrolls 6 yeah. whatever they wind up calling it. Yeah. I mean, even if remotely it was going to be able to be out by uh, holiday 2020, you do not come out with that next in the 2020 uh, yeah. E3 because it will be destroyed on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably get to this email that we got about this because it expands on it a bit more. Uh, Emma says, with the success of Outer Worlds from Obsidian, which Robert has been playing, and a bunch of other people, and the, and the fall of Bethesda, uh, where does this leave Bethesda? Will the Maternal have problems? Will Elder Scrolls uh, 6 have problems? And how do they gain the public's trust again? Um, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not running a company that's got as much hate as Bethesda, so I don't know what you do. Um, I mean, I've probably annoyed people with my opinions on stuff, but that's not the same as releasing a broken product. Uh, it's just, you know, we create opinions here on entertainment talking. It's pretty much as simple as that. So, 
Um, I don't know what you do to gain the public's trust. Uh, in terms of where does this leave Bethesda? I mean, they've just got more um, stuff to fix, essentially. I don't know how they do that or what they're going to do next. Uh, will Doom Eternal have problems? I, d- I don't know if Doom, Doom Eternal will have problems. Um, do you think it will? Uh, it's hard telling because, I mean, yeah. technically it is being published by Bethesda, but that is part of id software and that little subdivision. So it's possible that that's been insulated enough to where they're going to release a, a good game. Mm-hmm. And let's they did delay it so that it could be as good as they wanted it to, which is probably the best decision that's been made with the Bethesda umbrella company in the last three months at a minimum. Yeah. And despite, you know, all the hate that's going on right this second, it's not like EA level hate with, uh, you know, the, the loot boxes. Oh, I'm sorry. Surprise mechanics. And that's been going on for years. I mean, that's been nursed in a, you know, a playroom of disappointment and anger and just everything for God knows how long. Bethesda is just, you know, the kind of anger you get when you're, you're going for a drink of water in the middle of the night and you stub your toe on a coffee table. Right. It's there, but it'll pass eventually. <laughs> um, as for that, I mean, I don't know exactly what they need to do, but they definitely need to do something. Right. Uh, I mean, the first thing they definitely need to do is not release anything else new for Fallout 76. Oh, yeah. Um, just Again, just focus on what you've got. Fix Fallout first, because people have, for some reason, paid you money for that. Um, and then... Focus on the this uh, Wastelanders DLC. So that's all they can really do at this point. I don't know what else they can do. So uh, let's move on to some, well, kind of better stuff. We have some video game delays to talk about. Uh, Last of Us 2, my most anticipated game, and still very much is, has been delayed from, I think it was February something, uh, until May 29th, 2020, which is just a couple of months uh, and essentially, Naughty Dog gave the uh, really press release kind of thing about you know we need be- we need more time to make a better game that sort of stuff, which is uh, fine. Um, yeah, I don't really see the problem with this. I think it's maybe just some fine tuning type stuff. It's not like it got delayed to Q4 2020 or something crazy. And even if it did, that doesn't necessarily mean there's problems. It might just be fine tuning stuff. Uh, and every- everything, at least from my point of view, in my opinion, that we've seen so far. Uh, I have no, apart from that one story thing, which might just be, again, a misdirect, uh, I have no gameplay or visual or performance problems with the game so far, and the game's not even gone gold or complete in any way, shape, or form. Um, at least, you know, because it's still months away, so they've still got, obviously, work to do on it. But, yeah, I'm not delayed. I'm not I'm not delayed. I'm not worried about this delay at all. Uh, I very much have faith in Naughty Dog. There's no reason why I shouldn't really uh they've released several games that i've really enjoyed in the past um crash bandicoot one two three and uh crash team racing uh uncharted one two three four and lost legacy uh last of us one and obviously last of us two which is coming out so i mean jack and dexter was a good game i just didn't really enjoy it that much so uh there's still the good track record there uh yeah what do you think of last of us two's delay uh, I have no real problem with it. The mm-hmm. only thing you risk is that if something unforeseen happens and you have to delay it again, uh, you're pushing it way too close to the launch of PlayStation 5. Yeah. And in a weird sort of way, uh, Microsoft is kind of inoculated from that with their first party and exclusive titles uh, because they've set themselves up to where it doesn't matter which um, version of the Xbox you get. 
they're all going to play. Um, some just might play better than others because mm-hmm. uh, we already get games that say enhanced for Xbox One X. And yeah, I can guarantee you, you're going to get games that say enhanced for whatever Scarlet winds up being named. Um, so they'll play even if you have like an original launch Xbox and not even if it's like a launch day, just a launch uh, a pre-S Xbox. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be able to play uh, Halo Infinite and whatever launch titles come out on it. Uh, might not play as fast, not might not pay, play as pretty, uh, but they will 100% play. And we already have that established with 360 backwards compatibility and original Xbox uh, backwards compatibility, which we don't even have on the PlayStation 5. I mean, the play- press release they did a, a couple months ago just said that it should do it. Not that it will do it, that it mm-hmm. should do it. Um, so, you know, you run the risk if you have to push it too close to the launch of the five that is like, Oh, I won't buy it now. Um, it might not even play on my five if I do get a five. And so then you're kind of limited into what you can play on your five or you have to keep two consoles, go back and forth between your five and your four, Hmm. which is not a problem. Xbox users have to deal with. So just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was one thing I didn't actually really think about is, you know, PS five is holiday 2020 and this is, uh, kind of close to that um i think what will probably happen is you'll get neo to obviously in march they've said that that's coming already obviously that could be delayed uh last of us 2 in may ghost of Tsushima probably in about august september roughly like that sort of spider-man slot from last year um and then obviously you'll probably get uh we're all assuming horizon zero dawn 2 or horizon 2 for launch title uh probably some new ip or something and then something else in a holiday 2020 so that's probably how i think that they'll line uh things up uh yeah so again not worried about this at all really it's just a couple of months some fine tuning maybe and we'll see what happens when the game comes out so and i'm still very much looking forward to it uh another playstation exclusive which uh is getting released on a different platform death stranding is going to be coming to pc in february okay um yeah, Death Stranding is going to be coming to PC in February of 2020 uh, and is going to be published by 505 Games who also published uh, Control from Remedy which came out last month, two months ago, which sold horribly by the way, in case some of you didn't know. Abysmally. Yeah, uh, I think Colin on his uh, Sacred Symbols, which I know some people some people hate him but whatever, um, he pointed out that in the top 20 I think from the MPD that Control was like nowhere to be seen, so that's a problem. Uh, yeah, five, 505 Games who publish Control from Remedy Games are going to be publishing uh, Death Stranding for PC. Uh, it's And I've seen some people say, oh, you know, this was supposed to be a PlayStation exclusive. Why is it on uh, PC? This is a second-party exclusive. Um, Sony does not own Kojima Productions. They're simply partnering with him to release this game. And the argument that I'd make against the, that whole exclusive argument is it's still not going to be on Xbox. And you can put the argument the other way, which is Halo Infinite will probably come out on Xbox and PC, but it's not going to be on PS4. So the Xbox and the uh, PlayStation 4 games are still pretty much exclusive to those console platforms. They're just going to have some of those games on PC now and again. So that's my exclusive argument against that i suppose but yeah what do you think of uh this stranding coming to pc 
Uh, I have no problem with it. I've never really yeah. been a, the biggest fan of uh, platform exclusives. I do understand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help sell the consoles. They help differ- differentiate the consoles. But like you said, it's not a first-party exclusive, so they don't have you know, any expectation to be completely on that platform. Um, honestly, when Kojima broke uh, after the whole PT debacle... I'm really, really shocked that Microsoft just didn't sign him to exclusive, even a one-game contract. Yeah. You know, just as a giant middle finger to Sony, he could have easily done that. He could have just said, hey, I got this idea. It's free from any IP. Let's just do one game to just stick it to Microsoft. Microsoft has enough money that they could have thrown that at him. But as we've seen with uh, several games, uh, several Xbox exclusive games going on the Switch, that's not really the mindset that uh, Microsoft has. So yeah, but you know it's still coming on the PC, so it's people that don't have a PlayStation uh, can still play the game. So yeah, it gives people other options. And I would just again say, you know, it's not coming to Xbox and vice versa with Halo. That's not going to be on PS4. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, so I haven't got a problem with it. I'll still play it. Hopefully next week. Gosh, that come, game comes out next week. Uh, it feels like just kind of five minutes ago when that game was revealed. But uh, yeah, it's coming out next week on PS4, and I'll hopefully be playing it next week if I can stop killing people on Call of Duty or getting killed myself. I'm not like I'm good on the game, but not like amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah, hopefully I can pull myself away from that and uh, enjoy some of K- uh, Kojima's latest work. We also did today get the launch trailer. You said you didn't have a chance to watch that, unfortunately. Um, it came out just as we finished recording the Walking Dead UK podcast, so that's how I was able to watch it. Very, very good trailer. It's actually, I quite enjoyed what it's brought to, I guess, Death Stranding. It still doesn't really explain too much, but it's supposed to be kind of a mystery game, and it's a Kojima game, so that's kind of what you've got to expect. There's, again, some weird stuff happening in the trailer, but, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what mystery Kojima's got to show me next week if I do end up getting in the game. So Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying there's something unexplained <laughs> in a Kojima game? Yeah, it's weird. That never yeah. happens. Uh-oh. No, it's not like in Metal Gear Solid 1 where you have to change your controller to port 2 in order to defeat one of the villains uh, and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, interesting stuff. So it's going to be... Uh, I mean, it's going to be a wild ride and I'm really curious to see. I don't know when the embargo lists for that. I know Greg Miller... Uh... On Twitter, November first is when the review embargo lists. Yeah, I remember Greg said, uh, obviously Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, has said that he is playing Death Stranding at the moment. He's going to be one of the people that uh, uh, is obviously the review embargo from Kind of Funny. So very curious to see what people say about it. Obviously, that's all going to be spoiler-free stuff, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. So let's look forward to that next week. Uh, we got some other game delays, all from Ubisoft, and here is the information on that stuff uh three of ubisoft's biggest upcoming games have been delayed release dates for watchdogs legion rainbow six siege sorry rainbow six quarantine uh and gods and monsters are now all scheduled for the company's 2020 to 2021 that was a lot of twos uh fiscal year that means the soonest uh we can expect to see any of them is april 2020 Although it seems as if it will be further into 2020 before the first of them arrives. Previously, Watch Dogs Legion, which is a game I'm very much looking forward to, uh, was set for March 6th and Gods and Monsters was scheduled for February 25th. Rainbow Six Quarantine was set for this fiscal year, which ends on March 31st. 
The new fiscal year target uh, means the games will be released by March 31st, 2021. In an investor call, Ubisoft suggested Watch Dogs Legion and Gods and Monsters are planned for the second half of 2020. Specific release dates for um, none of these games were specifically announced, just like the sort of fiscal years that we have here. Uh, uh, while a thought fourth Skull and Bones, which everybody seems to have forgotten about, uh, has also been pushed back to at least April 1st, which is April Fool's Day, ironically, uh, 2021. Do you remember that Skull and Bones was actually in development? I have nothing on that game. I don't remember it at yeah, all it's from been, any level. It's been a while since Ubisoft has said anything about it. I don't recall seeing it this year at E3. I think we might have seen it last year at E3. But it's been it's been a minute since we've seen anything from Skull and Bones. That was that's of course the um uh Assassin's Creed Black Flag esque uh Skull and Bones pirate game that, that Ubisoft is making. So yeah, uh Gods and Monsters looks kind of interesting. I've no real interest at the moment in Rainbow Six Quarantine. That might be kinda cool. I think is that a zombie game? I think I remember from the trailer it was like an infected thing is is going on. Roughly it makes sense from the title, but I yeah. literally don't remember it. Cool. So that might be that might get me in there, of course, uh, if it's got zombies in it. Um, and Watch Dogs Legion, I've of course uh, discussed before, which is where you're going to be playing as multiple playable characters, uh, but they're all kind of got this permadeath thing going on, which is is very interesting and different. Um, yeah. What do you think of these delays from Ubisoft? Uh, well, it kind of sucks, but since they're announcing all the delays at the same time, this is clearly a, a company-wide decision, both in terms of where they're at on their development level and uh, not wanting to make the same mistake that other companies have made. Mm-hmm. Um, the only game that I am really was even kind of half-tracking was uh, uh, Watch Dogs 3 Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just because I was curious to see how they could tell a story with an interchangeable main protagonist that just never made any sense to me. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, if it was one thing to where you had like one person that was kind of the story, but he was making all his subordinates do the work and that might actually be the case of the, the game that might've just guessed it on accident, then I could Mm kind of see that working. But past that, I just don't really see that being a thing that can tell an effective story. And I could be completely wrong on that. You know, I'm yeah. willing to accept the fact that I could be completely <laughs> just out of the box, not even close wrong on that. Um, but that was the game that I had. That was the only game that I had any kind of real interest in, in terms of, you know, it coming out and seeing the reviews, the non-spoiler reviews, see how the game plays and might possibly pick it up. I still haven't played Watch Dogs 2. I love um, that game. I think that game's really, really good. So... Uh, I'd actually, if you're interested in just getting into the Watch Dogs franchise, I'd probably say just ignore the first one. Uh, it's just, it's just the second one evolves that so much more. Um, and I mean, it from that sense, if you played Watch Dogs one and then went play, went and played two, I'm sure you'd see a significant difference. But uh, looking back on Watch Dogs one, I just think that game's a bit boring compared to the second one. So I, I'd say jump in on the second one. But obviously that's up to you. So. Well, I played a lot of the original Watch Dogs, and the biggest problem that I had with it is you're supposed to be this like super cool hacker dude, mm-hmm. and then you spend the whole game just mowing people down with guns. Which don't get me wrong, I got no people, I got no problem 
as having a game where you just mow people down with guns, but that's kind of the antithesis of being like a in the backgrounds kind of a hacker character. Yeah. It's just the two, while not mutually exclusive, are not, you know, that compatible yeah, in terms of sense. personality. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Watch Dogs Legion, um, and we'll see, obviously, when these games do come out. But obviously, they can only give fiscal updates in terms of those schedules. Uh, the last thing we've got to discuss today is uh, the PlayStation 4 is the almost the most sold console, just behind the PlayStation 1. So, obviously, PlayStation is competing with itself, which is fun. Um, yeah, it's continued to sell well. Um, Death Stranding comes out next week. Concrete Genie is out. And what was the other game that they've got coming out? So, oh yeah, Med- Medieval, the uh, uh, remaster or remake for that is out. Um, obviously, they have have had big success with um, uh, God of War and Spider Man and other things like that. So, yeah, it's really really good what they've managed to achieve so far with the PS4, and I imagine they'll continue that momentum into the uh, PS5. So, uh, what do you think of the PS4 success? Well, I could have swore that the PS2 was the best selling console of all time. Um, I might have written that, that, surpri- that wrong. So, yeah, I think it is yeah. PS2. Yeah, the fact that it's close is not surprising just because if you look at the market and the number of people in gaming, um, it's just been exponential. Mm-hmm. And that's due to the success of PlayStation and PlayStation 2. I mean, we wouldn't have a 3 or a 4 if it wasn't for the fact that those games and those consoles were doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, Microsoft stumbled out of the gate with the one, the Xbox One, um, and they've been playing catch up ever since. Uh, Three sixty was a fantastic console once they got the red ring issue fixed. Um, there's no denying that the Switch definitely has carved out a marketplace for itself, um, despite the complete and utter failure of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's got to be one of the worst consoles of all time. Like no, the Virtual the Boy five. was. So, the Virtual Game Boy was the worst console of all time. No, I mean the Wii U's probably got to be in the top five at least for the worst. Consoles. Oh yeah, definitely in the top five. But yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever had a chance to actually interact with the Virtual Boy. I don't think I did. Uh, no. Just like you know how when you have like the um, the three D on your like the um, the VR on your head, right? Just imagine that instead of like all the bright shiny colors just being at a bichrome, it's just either black or red. Okay. And just imagine getting a splitting, you know, skull piercing migraine after five minutes of use. Ah, okay. Not great. Yeah. Um cool. So yeah, that's the PlayStation success so far so far, and of course we've got new consoles coming out at the end of next year. So yeah. Uh, I would move on to feedback, but we've already read them out. Uh, thank you to the two of you who have sent those in. Uh, yeah, if... and keep the feedback coming. I love answering questions. It just constantly reminds me that you know we're not just talking into microphones just for our own sake here. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always good to know that as well. So, yeah, numbers have been very, very good uh, this month. I'll, of course, talk about those numbers next month in the chat podcast. I don't know when I'm going to be doing that because the first is on a Friday. And I'm quite busy on Friday because Jack Ryan comes out. But yeah, I'll release a chat podcast at some point uh, within the probably the first week of next month. And we'll go from there. Um, so yeah, I would usually move on to those emails, but we've already read them out. If you have any thoughts, feelings, perhaps concerns. Obviously, there's games you should be concerned about or could be concerned about. Uh, if you've purchased Fallout first, I'm sure you have some, some concerns. 
if you have any thoughts or feelings or feedback about video games or anything related to anything that we've covered on Entertainment Talk, or if you just want to get in contact with Entertainment Talk, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, so you can send in emails and feedback to that, get in touch with us, let us know what you think of everything. Um, and all that good stuff. If you want to check out the rest of our content, we are on entertainmenttalk.org. Um, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we are on Patreon. Just search for Entertainment Talk or look for the link in your show notes. Uh, of course, there's always the link to the ad-free podcast in the show notes. If you'd like to get that ad-free podcast, uh, check out the $1 or the $3 level tier. That's on the Patreon side of stuff. Amazon affiliate link, you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those if you're using those of course we've got a whole bunch of them or if you just want one itunes feed of course there's the main entertainment talk one uh podcast drop down menu in the itunes feeds page is where you can find all those uh word of mouth please tell your friends family people that you know about the website and the itunes feeds that helps us out as well uh social media share them on facebook retweet them on twitter and put them in different facebook groups if you are allowed to with the facebook groups obviously uh video games if you want to watch us play different video games me and david stream on twitch robert streams on mixer and look out for let's play sundays and that's what we've got for you for this episode thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>